I left my failing business that resulted in thousands of dollars of debt and almost killed my passion for entrepreneurship to set out on a journey to build a business I could enjoy doing the rest of my life. I went all in to learn a new skill and found myself in the world of funnel marketing. Now I get to talk to entrepreneurs who are creating mass movements and empowering others. I don't know how I'll do it yet, but I know I want to join them. Follow me on my journey as I speak with top entrepreneurs to learn the strategies they are using to build their movements and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Susan Leonardson, and this is Amplify Your Impact. Hey, welcome to Amplify Your Impact. Susan Leonardson here. I am so excited for Evolution Week here on the show. We are putting out five amazing interviews that I did with entrepreneurs where I was talking to them about how they have evolved in their business, because I have found that that is how my business has been since really since the beginning of being an entrepreneur, but especially in the last few years as I have been working as a funnel designer and really trying to find my way, find my place in the market, that my business has evolved. It has evolved fast. And if that resonates with you, if you are someone that, you know, every Every day you have a new idea and every month you go and implement one of the best ideas that you have and your business is constantly growing and changing, then you're going to want to listen to these episodes because these are entrepreneurs that are just like you that are growing quickly and evolving their businesses um, so fast. So that's what this week is all about. We are gearing up for season two of Amplify Your Impact, which begins May 4th and hope you enjoy these episodes. I'm so excited to have Rachel Haley on with us today. Rachel has worked in the finance and tech industry for the past 10 years. In, in 2015, she co-founded Claris Designs. Claris helps young startups find traction and scale by optimizing their sales process with strategy and outsource execution. So this is perfect for what we're going to be talking about on this podcast moving forward. So welcome, Rachel, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So let's dive into uh, kind of the, the new theme that we're going with. And you, this is perfect because you've been in business for over five years. And I think anyone who's been in business for longer than six months, personally, my opinion is that their business has had some changes. <laughs> They've yes. gone through um, different phases and what we're going to call here on Evolution Entrepreneurs, our businesses are constantly evolving. So will you just kind of Walk us through, like, first of all, what did your, like, I actually do want to know why you decided to start your business. And then let me know, like, what was, like, some big changes that you had to experience? Sure. So my co-founder and I, uh, we decided to start Claris Designs really kind of haphazardly in 2015. At the time I was working for Salesforce in the finance and strategy department, and I was learning how to program sort of in my free time offline. So I was learning how to build custom applications on the salesforce.com platform. And it was super interesting to me. And then during my spare time, I would get questions within my network and people would ask me, Hey, how do you automate this process. You know, we were scaling our business and we have a process where let's take inbound leads. Someone comes to our website and they fill out a contact us form for our business. And what we used to do is I, the founder slash sales 
VP slash all the things, the finance person, everyone would just follow up on this lead. But now that we're getting, you know, 30 a day or X number a day, we, I can't do that. We're hiring an SDR or someone. And these inbound leads need to be routed to people automatically because I cannot handle them. How do you do that? I was like, oh, actually, I just, I learned how to do this, you know, in my course last week. So I'd be happy to just practice and do this for free. And my co-founder, um, Greg Daly, he was building out a business intelligence group slash department at a company called AdRoll. And he was working a lot with building out a database, understanding how to analyze large quantities of data, do very complex algorithms and analysis to see, do you put a dollar into marketing versus sales? And, and really, once you have a larger organization, how to optimize for all of your return on your investment. So we decided at one point we were getting so much inbound demand that we were fielding for free that we could probably start to charge for this and do it full time. And so we founded this consulting company, Claris Designs, to sort of satisfy that need and also was an opportunity for us to start our own business, which we had always wanted to do. So it really, yeah, it started out as just the two of us and um, we would help small companies learn to scale or, you know, when they got into specific roadblocks, trying to get from certain milestones, you know, so from zero to 1 million or 1 million to 5 million, et cetera, that a lot of the times we would see different types of problems occur. And so we would come in and help, you know, with strategy or systems or automation or anything that we could even outsourcing to really help these companies scale beyond that next milestone. So that's, that's how we started and how we got in business. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah. So along that journey of you, I mean, that's like, it's so cool to hear like that you took a skill, you kind of were practicing it on the side, dabbling in it for free and then realizing like, oh my gosh, like we can actually like just do this full time for <laughs> ourselves and start our own business. Um, what let's maybe break it down into like one, maybe two, what were some big um, hiccups that you maybe came across uh, over your five-year journey? Like think of the moments where you um, really had to like sit back and be like, okay, do we need to change what we're doing or like, do we need to go a different direction or how can we really uh, take our business to that next level? Right. Yeah. It's hard to pick just two. Uh, we failed a lot. I think uh, our ability to fail quickly and move on is probably one of our strengths. Uh, but it, with that, the two two big things I think was one in the beginning. Now this is very specific to our business, but I think it can be extrapolated to others as well. Um, with the consulting business specifically, you have to find this balance between presenting and creating a solution that will help will help the company in that current moment, but then also has a specific or like a, like a long-term value or like there's a shelf life that's beyond the time that you will be helping what, that company because you don't want to become a single point of failure. So we really struggled with that because what would happen is we would either create a process or a system that worked while we were there running it, but as soon as we left, it would fall apart. So that was our mistake. We didn't really get buy-in from the executive team there to see if that was something that they could run and maintain while we left. Um, or we would just become so embedded in the solution and we didn't really think about how to actually present our product and design something that was very much uh, like turnkey, like here you go, do this, and then we're going to parachute out. 
And so we ended up just becoming an extension of the team. And then it was almost just as though we were working full time for some of these companies, but being paid a consultant rate and had no equity. And then it was really hard for us to scale our consulting business because we actually had no time to hire any more clients or gain any more clients. So it was really like, you know, we either created a solution that failed very quickly after we left, which is terrible for our brand and our business, our product was bad, or also on the product element, we didn't really design a good product that was easily transferable. And then we just were so embedded that we couldn't leave. And then it also broke when we left. So that was probably the biggest thing that we struggled with in the beginning was how do we create something that's very automated and turnkey we can give to someone and it will still live beyond the time that we're engaged with that company. That's really, really cool to hear you talk about because um, I know that there's other people listening. I, I even relate to that exact same thing. I'm trying to build a business that doing the same thing. Like, how do I build a system that uh, lasts without me having to run it for them? Um, so how did you and your team, how did you figure out how to create, you know, your, your product, your service in that way that one, they could run it, their clients could run it. And two, like you said, it's, it doesn't require you to be so involved in their business. Right. So what we started to do was create more of a packaged offering type of solution, something that we could train other people to do. So in like junior analysts and senior analysts that we brought on to Claris, we would train them and follow a very templatized approach, something that was a much more repeatable process because again, simplicity scales, I very much believe in that. So if we could train someone on the Claris team to say, hey, this is what a CRM systems audit looks like. So you dive into someone's CRM, you look for these you know, 15 things, and then you ask all of these questions and then get answers to these questions. And then you're able to find a very simple diagnosis. And then here's a list of solutions that we offer and automations that we can build in sort of bundle packages. And then people could start to choose from them. So it was more of like an a la carte type of menu of services that we presented. And then we could customize them slightly if they required or requested. But it was much more like, here's a list of things which we have defined, which were very repeatable, scalable, and easy to train internally. Does this work for you? And then trying to find a better match that way versus before, we were just trying to go to anybody and saying, what do you need? Okay, we'll customize ourselves to be that. And that doesn't work. That is definitely the tail wagging the dog. So we flipped it on its head and we created something repeatable. And then that's how it started to work out a lot better for us. That makes so much sense. And you've given me so many ideas for my own business too. I'm sitting over here, like jotting all your, all your ideas oh. down and my ideas that are coming with them. So that's so cool. I've got, hopefully, you know, the audience has gotten a lot out of just that. We haven't even really dove into the topic today. Um, so, okay, let's move on then to the, to that. So you help people, uh, automate their processes and systemize things and, and you help them to, to outsource if needed. So let me ask you this, let's, let's speak to the person that's listening that has been, um, going at it on their own and they've been running their business on their own. They're the solopreneur, um, and they're at that point where they're like, okay, I, if I want to keep doing this, I know that I need to either streamline, automate, um, or outsource. I need, can't be doing this. I can't keep doing this the way that it's going. 
Um, what would you say, like, first of all, what, what is, what are the big mistakes people are making, um, that are like, okay, let me, let me ask that a different way. So what can that person do to be ready for either outsourcing or scaling? Like maybe, maybe even talking to the person that's just starting out, like, cause some of us, like, we kind of like build our, you know, we kind of build our holes. We dig our holes as we're going through our business. And if we had just known things when we started out, we would have been a little bit better off and we wouldn't have to be like fixing what we did. Instead, we're just kind of, um, being able to put ourselves in that position. So I kind of asked a couple of questions yeah. all in one, hopefully just, just the make of it, which you can. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point that you bring up because I think that what I see in a lot of companies is like 90% of the problems people are solving today are quick fixes that they implemented six to 18 months ago. So if you can really take the time to stop and plan ahead, you actually save your time, you save yourself time in the long run. It's like slow down to speed up sort of a thing. So if you're a solar, solo entrepreneur today um, and you are looking to make that transition into scaling your business and you want to figure out how to prepare yourself to really automate, put in place a good framework to allow automation to happen or outsourcing to happen, I would first make a list of everything that you do day to day and what out of that list, and it's going to be a lot because what I realized with the solo entrepreneurs is, and even um, CEOs and executives of small companies is that need to control and own everything for a very long time is just, it's almost innate and like a reflex because this is something you're building. It's almost an extension of you like a child. And so giving that up is really difficult. And it, it's actually one of the biggest things that I see that's a problem is executives fail to relinquish consult, control and delegate. And then they're stuck doing all the things and then things just get bottleneck and they break. And so in order for your business to really scale, you'll have to figure out how to replicate and automate or offload, delegate is a better word to say, a lot of these processes. So make a list of everything that you do. And on that list, figure out what are the things that are the only things that you absolutely need to be involved in. And, and try to be really, really, really strict with yourself because oftentimes people think that they need to be involved, but they don't actually need to be involved. For example, um, take like as a single entrepreneur, you're probably doing a lot of your back office work. Do you really need to be you know, categorizing your expenses, making sure that accounts receivables are coming in, making sure that vendors are getting paid on time. Like, is that, is that really something that only you could do? Or is there a possibility that if you wrote down every step that's involved in this particular task, someone else who maybe has a little bit more time, maybe even some experience in that could handle for you? The, my guess is probably yes. I think there are very few things that only you yourself should be or can be involved in. And so really think like, okay, if I had to go off the grid for five days, like what would absolutely break and therefore I cannot ever delegate this? And what do I think could maintain and be managed? So once you have that list, figure out the things that you could offload or delegate and then make them as simple and streamlined as possible. So if you wanna go back to the bookkeeping example or any other tactical thing that you do as an individual entrepreneur, 
document all of the steps and then have it outlined. And then it's really easy for someone to come on board, anyone that you hire, whether it's a contractor online or a company like Claris, there's also a company called Collective that does a lot of bookkeeping or outsourcing work for um, freelancers that this person could come in and learn your business very, very quickly. It also helps you as a CEO really identify all the things that go into a process, which is a really good skill to have um, as you continue to scale. So I think if you can make a list, figure out what's delegatable, so to speak, and then document the steps involved, that means you are so ahead of the game in terms of getting yourself prepared to either bring on someone to take that task on from you or outsource it completely. That's so super helpful. Um, what do you have any advice? Because I know I think I think most people know, like, okay, if we want to teach someone how to do something that we're doing, we have to be able to like have the steps. We have to create the process and communicate that process. But I think that's you easier think. said <laughs> yeah, than <okay>. done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have advice for? Um, especially if you're, if, if, if we're still doing it on our own, we don't have a um, VA or someone helping us with that yet. What's the best way for us to, to be able to write down or record in some way our processes to be able to pass that off to someone else? That's a great question. I think the best way is to video yourself doing it. If it's on a computer, um, like actually do like a screen record, like in addition to like almost a um, user manual step-by-step instructions. Like, have you ever assembled Ikea furniture? It's like, <laughs> this is piece one, it goes into piece two. It's a lot of work to actually do all of that. So I would have that documentation, but then also if people can just see you doing an action, they learn really well. Um, for our team in the Philippines, we have about a hundred people there now. We have that very detailed, like, you know, 47 page user manual on this is how you log into this particular application. This is where you go. Then you find this bullet and then you click on this screen and it takes you to this screen and they will read that. And it's really good reference. But actually what people review most are the Jing videos or the videos of us doing it ourselves and the voiceover that goes along with it. Having yeah. a video is actually really, really helpful. So follow-up question to that is for someone who's just starting out, where, like, how do you organize all this? Like, what's the best way? Okay, I've got process. I've got these videos I'm recording. Maybe I have some typed out direction. Um, or maybe even I have a VA helping me to do it at this point. Where do I actually like organize this and, and keep it, store it so that it's actually accessible and useful for my team? Do you have favorite tools you like to use or... Um, what do you recommend to your clients? Sure. I think anything that's cloud native or like you can access from multiple different points is really helpful. So if you have a Google drive, that's great. Um, I think like we're a Google shop personally. So I like using all of their tools. Plus if you purchase the Google domain, it's so much of it comes included, including storage. So you can get by with not a lot of cost. Um, Dropbox is is great. I really like the tool um, Jing. It's a free tool that's a video recording tool as well. Um, we use Zoom also. Zoom video recording is great. And then you can archive it in within the app. 
Um, but I think it's actually, you don't have to spend a ton of money, which is the great news to, to store all of these processes or organize them and actually record them. That's yeah. I, and I guess what I was wondering is, um, I know this is getting a little like technical and like <laughs> implementation part of it, but, um, so like, do you just have like the video, like if you have the video, but then you have the written instruction, do you just like link out to the video? Do you have them like somehow linked together so that it's, I, I, I asked this because I've started this process myself and I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, how do I make it so that like things aren't getting lost <laughs> things aren't totally getting fair. like, where'd the video go for this process? <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of becomes like the Dewey decimal system of like organization yeah. files. I think for us, we have like different types of tasks. So if the task is, um, let's say invoicing, for example, we have like, you know, um, documentation on operational processes. That's like the massive folder. Then you go into it and it's the actual task that you're trying to learn how mm. to do. So let's say invoicing, and then you go in there and there's a written instruction. And then in the written instruction, there's a hyperlink that links to the video that you can find that's within the same folder. So in every gotcha. folder, there's this like written instructions that's like a PDF or a Google doc, um, and then the corresponding video. And then the last like part of the doc is always like, would you like to watch this? It, like live or someone actually doing yeah. it, like here and um that's how we store it so it's like there's always usually just like two files in one folder okay that's okay so folders within, <laughs> folders within folders I love it yeah okay okay um all right so let's go back to surface level and not like how do you organize things um okay what so we talked about what we can be doing to be prepared for that process what, what do you have to say for those that are, are there, they're ready? Like, okay, I need help with this now. Like, um, what do you need people to know? Like the, at the step where they're at, like before they come to you, like they're going to reach out to you. What do you want them to know? Where, where do you want them to be at and be prepared with? Oh, that's a great question for us personally. It, there's not, um, a lot that people need to be prepared with part of our sales cycle and introduction is getting to understand the business and asking those questions. And then if someone has a fully documented process that is already ready to be outsourcing, that just saves them tons of time. But for us specifically, not a lot of preparedness. If you were going to work with someone else, maybe a contractor on Upwork or any other person that you are looking for, I would just be really clear on what it is exactly you want to outsource if you're going that route. And then what are your success criteria? Because you want to make sure that when you give this person an assignment, it's like, okay, I'm asking you to draft this contract for me. I don't have a legal team. I need an MSA for this product that I'm building. These are the key elements that I want. This is when I want it to be done. I want us to check in at these point. Like, here's what our product looks like. Here's a demo of it. Here's all the steps that I've recorded, et cetera. This is when I want it done. Um, that, that saves you a lot of time if you can be really clear on what you're looking for. Um, but working with Clara specifically, we kind of help make sure that we're on the same page. And that's part of our process. Awesome. Awesome. Um, thank you for answering that question. I know that there's people out there that are always wondering, like, what do I even, am I even ready to be hiring anyone right now? And so it's always good to know, like, you're fine. Just go, if you need the help, go get the help. <laughs> you yeah, don't have exactly. to wait. 
you will figure it out during that experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Thank you, Rachel. I want to make sure that we get in where people can go to um, connect with you and get your services. So I know that you are on LinkedIn. Is that where you primarily like to, to hang out with people? Yes, absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Rachel Haley, H-A-L-E-Y. You can find me and connect. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. If you want to have a larger conversation and listen to my team, you can always go to our website, which is www.clarisdesigns, all one word, .com. And there's a contact us form. If you fill that out, we'll be happy to respond to you within 24 hours. Thank you. Um, are there any other last final thoughts that you'd like people to know um, that would help them with, with getting to the next phase of their business to be able to scale and optimize? Great question. I think what the one just sort of general piece of advice I would give to people is to it's sort of like the Facebook phrase of move quickly and break things, but I'd, I'd really encourage people to just go for it and fail quickly and learn from that because where I've personally made a lot of mistakes with my business is waiting too long and trying to make this perfect plan and map it all out instead of just doing it and failing and learning and iterating. If you can implement something and see where it works and then tweak it very quickly, I think you're much better off than trying to plan out this perfect long-term plan that maybe doesn't always go accordingly. So just kind of jump in and do it. I a hundred percent agree. Sometimes we, we have to have like that, you know, that data coming back in at us to be able to know if it's going to work or not. We, <laughs> we can't just wait for things to be perfect. So I appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much for being with us today, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Amplify Your Impact. You have been listening to Evolution Week here on the podcast, and we are gearing up for brand new season two of Amplify Your Impact that begins May 4th, 2021. So hit the subscribe button, give us a rate and a review so we can get this podcast pushed out to more people that would enjoy it. And we will see you for the brand new season two of Amplify Your Impact.